Oh, I have a really good interview here for you today. My name is Louis Angel. I am the Memory Master Champion, and I'm going to be talking with my good friend, Team USA teammate, and four-time USA Memory Champion, Mr. Nelson Dallas. Uh, I've actually competed all over the world with him in memory competition. It's the first time ever um, we were actually a part of Team USA together with our friend Brad Zup back in 2012. We competed in the World Memory Championships in London, England. And the recent one that we did was back in 2015. Team USA again got back together. We competed in Chengdu, China uh, for the World Memory Competition. We got a silver medal position in the team event in that one. We're going to talk about how he got into the sport of memory, how his grandma's fight with dementia and Alzheimer's led him to really train hard and become a four-time USA memory champion, how he climbs mountains and how that helps him out. We get into some science and physics and you know astronomy-based ideas and principles, AI, are we going to become cyborgs? You know, we, we get into all these crazy different thoughts and ideas, but it's going to be a fun interview for you to enjoy. We talk about the extreme memory challenge, how you can take that and help out a great cause to really help find, you know, cures and just help out overall individuals to improve their memory. So uh, we'll get into a lot of great topics. And also remember that you can get the free memory guide that I created for you at aemind.com. Listen, I want to get these AE Mind Academy audios into as many ears as we possibly can. So if you can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, wherever you're listening to this from, please help us out with the rating uh, and just let us know any comments that you have about the podcast, how we can even make it better. I would really and truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Going on, this is Louis Angel right here with AE Mind, and I'm going to be interviewing the four-time USA Memory Champ. And yeah, what's up? Uh, and my good friend right here, Mr. Nelson Dallas. What's up, Nelson? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good, man. I know we've actually had wow. a few interviews already, right? Yeah, I think a couple, maybe even three. I don't know. Yeah, I think the first one I could, uh, I was only able to save like a small portion of it uh, when you yeah. were teaching us how to memorize like poems, and the rest of it was just like an audio sync issue. I was like, oh, it was like a really good interview, and I couldn't post that one. Yeah. But. Hopefully and the next one, I think, was like on. We talked about XMT and stuff. I think. Yeah. So this time, though, I, I think we'll just like talk a little bit about your life, how you got into this. Yeah. You know your story. Um, we'll talk about the XMC, what that's all about, extreme memory challenge, and then we'll just free flow. Um, just you know, any, any topic. Um, cool. So you, uh, first of all, I don't think I interviewed you after you got married. So congrats on that <laughs> for anybody that's watching. He got married. He's, he's taking ladies. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. So too yeah. bad. <laughs> um, uh, so, talk about that. How was that experience for you, man? You know, you finally, you, you know, you tied it down um, with uh, Leah. It's good. Uh, it's very good. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten married if I wasn't ready for it. She's amazing. And, uh, it's good. It's a different. I'm entering a different time of my life, which is good. I'm, I'm getting old, so uh, different priorities, different uh, maturity in regards to that. So it's it's been really good. I feel really happy about it. Yeah, and you guys have already gone on a few trips. Um, talk about that. I think it was at Iceland. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did our we did our honeymoon in Iceland in Paris. Um, I grew up in Paris, so it was really nice to take her there, and. Uh, yeah, I always like to travel, so now I'm like forcing her to come with me. We just went to Cuba last weekend, um, which was really cool, and we got a bunch of trips lined up for the year, so it's good. Cool, awesome. Um, yeah. And are, is she ever like 
going to compete in a memory competition? Is she no. No. <laughs> no. She does not give a shit about that. You know, she'd be really good at it if she tried, but uh, no, nah, she doesn't she care. Doesn't you. <laughs> yeah. well, um, and then you also, you climb mountains. Um, now, there's a specific reason why you even got into this field of memory training and memory competitions um and you actually have a your own foundation right the climb for memory mm-hmm. um where you climb mountains you've climbed mount everest uh you've 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 uh, what is it called you haven't <laughs> i don't want to bring this up but uh you haven't yeah. reached the top but you've you've tried for that several a few times already um yeah. so talk to me about what that's like being up there and freezing cold man i'm not the biggest fan of of the cold weather. Uh, so yeah. talk to me about that. Uh, you know, what is it like climbing the mountains when you're, you know, when you're out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been climbing for a number of years and my goal was always to climb Everest. I've now been up there three times, uh, gotten very, very close. I've gotten above 8,000 meters, um, each time. Um, the summits, uh, like 88, 50, mm-hmm. um, which is like 29,000 feet. And, um, it's it's cold. I mean, but honestly, like that's the least of the worries at that point. Um, it's it's just something you accept. I hate the cold too. I live in Miami, yeah. so I have the thinnest blood of any mountaineer. I, I'm I'm guessing, but um, you know, the majority of climbing is is mental, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I think why I like it so much. Is you know we're these kind of guys that love to push our the limits of our mind. So right. that's what I'm trying to do when I'm up up there. Uh, trying to survive, you know. And how do you think that that's helped you out in this field of memory competitions? I mean, it's it, you're now a four-time USA memory champion, but um, do you think that that's like climbing mountains and, and pushing yourself in all kinds of different aspects of life? You do CrossFit as well. Do you think that mm-hmm. that translates into your success in the memory sports world? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the especially the mountain climbs, they make me like explore these parts of like, my mind that I, you know, never knew existed that are so like painful and difficult to like deal with, but you have no choice but to deal with them. So you really endure a lot of shit. And, uh, you know, coming back from that, even though I didn't summit, I still had to go through some pretty hard stuff. You're, you kind of almost feel empowered and you're like, I can do anything. You know, I want to learn this system to memorize this. Boom. I can do that. Yeah. Even though if it's super challenging, it'll take some work. But, you know, it starts with having that feeling that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely what's come with me off of those mountains, you know? Yeah. Knowing that you could. You can push yourself through that pain. There's a lot of pain climbing that. I've never done it, but, I mean, just seeing some of the videos that you posted, I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't know how I can do it. So that's going <laughs> then you translate that back into, you know, memory sports and the real world. Um, yeah, the real world. Yeah. It's like I've seen, um, like, you know, Navy SEALs, they go through so much just to be able to get to that elite level um, yeah. in the military. And then they come back and they're, you know, successful in business and in other areas of lives. Um, and it's mainly because of everything that they went through to get to that point uh, so they can apply oh. to that. So yeah. now... I mean, you got into this because of your grandma, right? Uh, into right. the sports of memory, into the world of memory sports. So, what was it specifically um, about her her journey? Um, you know, I know it, but for the viewers and listeners, they don't necessarily might know. You know, your story, your background. So, what was it about seeing her going through what she went through that gave you the motivation to get into the sport? Yeah, because um, so my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. This was like 2009, but she had been dealing with it for, or we had all been dealing with it 
um, along with her for the five years or so before that. So for me, I had no idea memory techniques existed. All I knew was that my grandmother was losing her memory and uh, it was extremely sad and heartbreaking to watch for me and my grandfather and my dad's, because it was his son, her son. And, um, you know, there were just these moments that I couldn't forget where, you know, you deal with an instance of dementia and it would just hit you like, holy shit, this grandma, my grandma is, is no longer, she's not the same person, right? It's just an empty vessel and it's not her anymore. And that's sad. But there's a disease that can rob you of that. So it's just like left an impression on me and I was like, I need to figure out a way to keep my mind fit. And that's what led me to memory sports. And when I first started like training, that was like repeating in my head. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to me. And then uh, that's what got me going, you know? Yeah. And I mean, have, have you, I'm pretty sure you have, especially when you guys were going through that together as a family. Um, have you studied like what exactly happens in the brain when somebody's going through dementia and Alzheimer's? Like what's happening to make them be so forgetful and, and with everything? Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't really know the details. Um, I, I deal more with like what kind of things happen. I mean, what are the typical types of things that happen to people who suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's? How do caretakers take care of people with those problems and stuff? And um, I try to focus more on how to keep your your brain sharp and fit and healthy throughout its lifetime, not just when it's starting to decline, you know? Yeah. So what are some of your tips that you would give to the people that maybe they don't know anything about this sport, they've never competed in a memory competition, they've never seen this, yeah. they've never seen you um, compete. Uh, so what what are some tips that you can give to them to help them out to, I don't want to say prevent dementia or Alzheimer's because there's so many factors that go into that, as you know, yeah. but more of just like to empower themselves so they can be more confident with their everyday lives to be able to improve their memories, even just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the most... The best place to start is just to say to the person watching that you have this incredible like computer machine in your head right here, right? And I was having this conversation with someone today and they're like, you know, you have your phone. Why, why would you care to use your brain? Like what are some reasons? And of course I said, you know, there's some instances where you don't have your phone and you're put on the spot like in an interview. Of course you want to have a good memory. But more than that, it's just like, we're human, right? Like we have hands, we have feet, we have, you know, like all these amazing parts of our body. And the thing that's probably the most incredible is this computer in our head. Yeah. And it's a shame that we kind of take it for granted and we don't use it because there's a lot that can be trained and um, programmed into that thing that we maybe don't do anymore or we don't even know about. And, um, Memory is definitely one of those things that like you can unleash and um, at least I have a mastery of that. So I, I want to show people that other people can have a mastery of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think that's what attracted me to memory at the very beginning was just it was such a human thing, skill. Memory is just a human skill and to be able to like master it uh, and it has such a history, you know, of like this is how civilizations were built on on memory and passing down stories and ideas that to be able to have that mastery and know how it works 
uh, is a really cool feeling. It really like makes you feel like alive, you know? Yeah. So what, what are some of those secrets, <laughs> the, the tips and juiciness you built it up? People want yeah. to know now. So well, I mean, I'm sure people watch your videos, they know all of them, but <laughs> my go-to tips are one, um, thinking pictures. So mm -hmm. it's all about visualization. Um, trying to take advantage of the things that our brains are naturally good at, um, rather than like struggling with abstract concepts, which are pretty much everything that we deal with in everyday lives, like numbers, uh, long, difficult names, addresses, whatever. Mm -hmm. These are all things that like, they're not abstract. We know what they are. You know, that's an address, that's a name, but in terms of processing it, it's not, um, as easy. It feels kind of like, yeah, abstracts the word um, compared to other things like a picture, right? If you can look at a picture, it has all the information your brain needs. It doesn't have to think hard about it. There's the picture and that's it. So if you can turn everything else that you're kind of struggling to grasp uh, into a picture, right? Um, then you're halfway there to memorizing it. The next step is to try and link it all together, attach it into some narrative. Um, however you do that with a linking method or memory palace, um, that's another step, but the general idea is to create kind of a story to connect pictures and that will, that's basically how memory works. So I like to say you have to become a creative storyteller with the information that you want to memorize or remember. Um, yeah. Cool. So uh, that's awesome. I made another video for you guys that want to watch it, you know, where he talks about how he memorizes even, you know, poems. Uh, so I'll, I'll put the link down below if you guys want to learn more about that. Uh, but for right now, let's move forward to talk about the Extreme Memory Challenge. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more uh, after this as well about the brain and, you know, just science in general. But for right now, let's talk about Extreme Memory Challenge. What is this exactly? Um, yeah. it, I know it's something where, you know, you can quiz yourself or um, you can go through this process and, and test your own memory, right? Yeah. So I've been working with this uh, research uh, company that's trying to basically find a pill that improves memory and helps. It's more like a pill and a therapy to help with cognitive diseases. Um, so for me, I think immediately Alzheimer's and that's why I want to work on this, but it's not going to be limited just to that. We're talking dementia in general, Parkinson's, Lewy body syndrome, all these different things that just deteriorate your mind and memory. Um, so they do a lot of different incredible cutting edge research. Um, they were a sponsor of one of our memory tournaments, uh, the past three years, the extreme memory tournament. And, um, so they do a lot of crazy research and one project that I'm involved with as a, was as a memory guy, um, is this extreme memory challenge where, um, we're trying to get a million test takers to take this memory test. And I know as soon as I say memory test, I probably he hear a bunch of groans, right, from your viewers. But it's so simple. It's free. There's no catch. It's honestly a good-hearted, like, research project that we need to, like, throw out to the masses because there's no other way to do it. And um, all I have to do is is take this test. It takes 10 minutes. Um, and there's a second part that we email you back about uh, the next day because it's a long-term test, mm -hmm. not just short-term memory. Um, and uh, the results are you can see how you fare against me. I've taken the test. Um, and then the guys who are at the top, we're trying to look for outliers, right? And 
we're trying to see if people have naturally good long-term memories out there, like superior. Um, so even if you don't have that, it's important that people who with all sorts of memories take it so we get the full spectrum. Because knowing that maybe that doesn't exist is really important too. Because yeah. um, what we're going to do is once we find enough people, uh, we will select the top performers um, and do genetic testing on those people and try to figure out what it is in their natural brain uh, that they have that average people don't have. Hmm. And once we can identify that gene, then that's like the, the, the golden ticket, you know? Right. So. Cool. And where can they take this challenge? What's a, yeah, what's so a it's a, this is the first memory test, Extreme Memory Challenge, okay? So it's extreme. I climb mountains, Everest, that's extreme. Memory, and it's a challenge, right? It's an extreme memory challenge. Cool, and then I'll post a link for that down below, and that's uh, through yeah. Dart Neuroscience, um, and they do just a lot of uh, awesome research about the brain and several other things. So go ahead and take that, guys. ExtremeMemoryChallenge.com. Post a link down below uh, so you can see that and help out. I, I know that you guys are, have already tested a lot of individuals. I've actually done it myself. So um, we want to just grow this and, and expand it out. So as soon as you're done taking it, uh, maybe share it with your friends. Share it with sure, other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got to spread it. I, I think we've had... We've just broken last year 10,000 people taking both tests, right? It's The important thing is the second day. So we've gotten a lot more on the first day, but it's always hard to convince people to come back for both days. So we've broken 10,000. We're a long way off, but um, I think it's one of those things once you get uh, kind of the ball rolling, people share, and those people share, then um, it gains momentum, you know? So there we go, man. Share it, share it, share it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, so now uh, let me move off a little bit off – topic from the memory yeah. side kind of but not really um <laughs> so i mean what are your thoughts on this um yeah. i just I, I elon musk just talked about this they, they put out a lot of different articles uh media put out a lot of different articles about this he was saying how we essentially have to become cyborgs um in the future in order to really keep up with ai artificial intelligence it's something that i think is, is going to be quite important is a neural lace. Um, if you assume any rate of advancement in AI, um, we will be left behind by a lot. The solution that seems maybe the best one is to have an AI layer. Um, if you think like you've got your limbic system, um, your cortex, and then um, a digital layer, sort of a third layer above the cortex, um, that um, could work, work well and symbiotically with, with you. I mean, just as your cortex works symbiotically with your limbic system, your sort of third digital layer could work symbiotically. Um, because it's, he sees that that's our biggest threat, really, to humanity and to society is AI. Um, he invested in, in a company, in an artificial intelligence company, because he's like, dude, it's a very viable situation that a Terminator-like you know, scenario might, might happen in the future. Um, so if we want to keep up with that, we have to somehow become cyborgs or androids. What are your thoughts on, on something like that? Have you ever thought about that before? Yeah, I was actually having a conversation about AI with a good friend of mine. He runs the uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con. And uh, he had, I forget the name of the scientist, but um, I think it was an MIT guy who does AI. And he had an incredible TED talk. Um, I'll send you the link so you can post it here. Yeah. And um, what he talks about, if I get it right, is that it's not a matter of whether AI is going to kind of take over. Uh, he believes that it will. Um, but it can turn into the Terminator kind of thing where, you know, if we create AI and it's just a free-for-all, um, 
it's going to do what it wants to do with us. We're going to be the inferior thing to it. Think of us, think of monkeys, right? And how we evolved to be greater than monkeys and the result of chimps and everything. They're now in cages right. at our whim, right? Uh, whatever we want. So what he was saying is very interesting as, as we create smarter and smarter machines and eventually uh, self-aware AI, it's important to encode in this AI the values and, and um, ethics that we have as humans so that <laughs> as it grows and becomes even more powerful than us, that it might have similar um, cares and thoughts about the world and us, you know, making it maybe slightly less dangerous and uh, save kind of the humanity part of us as well. Hmm. It's, it's a scary thought, you know, I think that that's going to happen. But this guy seemed pretty convinced that it's about – to happen in the next, you know, 10, 20 years race. probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I've seen, uh, have you seen Ex Machina? The movie? Ex Machina? I haven't seen it, no. <laughs> you gotta see it. Um, Is that what I said that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I mean, there's a, they built, uh, I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but essentially they, they built like a, a robot, an artificial intelligent robot. Um, to make it look, feel, talk, everything as if it was human. So they, he gave it a face, but then the body itself was just, you know, a robotic body. But the face was very human-like. Um, and then there's a test that they had somebody do, uh, an, an, another gentleman. Um, it's called the Turing test. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So it's like, can a human interact with the robot and Tell the get, yeah, get to a point where it doesn't know the kind of the difference, right? <laughs> Or, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mm, do I think we're going to get there? Yeah, um, I, I agree with Elon Musk and this gentleman from the TED Talk. Um, but the question is, at this point, would I want to then combine myself with, you know, Android, literally Android within me, or put a computer chip in my brain so I can keep up with artificial intelligence. So I'll pass on the question to you. Like once AI gets to that level where it, it's, you know, it's inevitable that we're going to have to interact with these, yeah. I'm not going to say beings, but with these machines that can think on their own and say we implant the moral behaviors to them. Um, would you yourself, in order to keep up with that, would you implant the chips and would you become like a cyborgish person in order to interact with yeah, I mean, I would be willing to say that I, 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 I'm a purist, right? So yeah. um, I think of like when I work out, right? There's people who take supplements and add all this shit to their body just to get stronger. And I know I could get stronger to catch up with the other strong dudes in my gym or in my class, CrossFit class. But I'd rather be like natural, right? Mm -hmm. Um even though I can never be as strong as them unless I change that way. So I feel like same thing. If, if there's people around there putting chips in their head, learning, you know, multiple languages and Kung Fu and whatever, just by a single upload a la matrix, um, as tempting as that might be, I think I'd want to resist that as long as possible because mm -hmm. I like to learn things myself, yeah. uh, yeah. not by some hack, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's that's tempting. <laughs> it's gonna be a scary, scary future, man. Uh, but for right now, we still need to learn the old-fashioned way, people. So go and learn how to memorize the way Nelson and I do. Exactly. <laughs> and go take yeah. the test. XMC extremechallenge.com. <laughs> Plug. Yeah. All right. Um, so now uh, you are outside of the memory world. You also 
teach students, right? You're like a teacher. Oh, right? yeah. Or a professor. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about that. Like, what exactly do you help students with? Yeah, so um, right now I'm teaching two classes um, twice a week. So um, it's kind of a part-time thing. But I teach uh, programming, which is what I got my master's in, uh, computer science. And I teach basically the 101 class of Java programming and then the second level, um, which is great. Uh, It forces me to keep my mind in that stuff. Obviously, after I graduated, I got a job in that field, but then quickly shifted over to memory techniques where I don't use it at all. Um, So keeping my foot in the door there, it's really good. I mean, it keeps my mind um, knowing how to do that, uh, which I think is an immense skill to have. So. Yeah, I love it. And I love teaching people. Like um, difficult concepts, I love trying to explain it in ways that, um, you know, one person may get it really technically, uh, and another person needs like a, an analogy that has nothing to do with computer science for me to explain it, and then they understand it. You know, I love how there's different, you have to go different ways to teach some different people things. <coughs> and do you use uh, the memory techniques to actually teach them? How, how to learn? Or is that not really applicable uh, to this? No, it would be applicable, but kind of the stuff I teach, <clears throat> um, it's hard because it's more like I show them something and then I give them a project to do, uh, uh, like a program to write. So um, it wouldn't really be uh, an immediate use for memory techniques. I mean, that I could guide them. It's not like I'm teaching them facts that they have to learn in order. Right. Um, so I've actually never... I don't even mention that I'm a memory <laughs> guy. I mean, some of them really? eventually find out, um, and they're like, oh, my God, are you, are you a celebrity? I'm like, no, no, not at all. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny. I never mention it. That's <laughs> funny, man. So you don't, you don't start off your classes by saying, hey, guys, I'm a four-time USA member champ. <laughs> no, man, I don't know. I hate that stuff. I Mr. feel embarrassed. Humble. <laughs> you know, part of me would love to, like, stand in front of the class and be like, Everybody stand up, say their name, and yeah. memorize everybody. Give me a number, whatever. But I don't know. I I chicken out. Yeah. All right. So and, and then um, I, there was a post that Lance, our good friend Lance, uh, Team USA teammate, he's a world record holder in the memory sports world. He posted about um, like the universe. I know that. I mean, I, I went to go visit Brad, and he told me that you like were explaining some things about our our overall universe and our existence here. Um, and he was kind of explaining it to me. I was like, cool, I want to hear it, though, from, from you. Oh, yeah. um, uh, did you take classes in, in uh, like, astronomy or anything like that? Well, I, my, I was a physics major. I, I graduated with my bachelor's in physics and math, and then huh. I went straight into the grad, uh, phys- the Ph.D. program um, at my university. But I, I only did a year, and then I got, I don't know, I got kind of demotiv- demotivated, um, just because the people I was around just was fascinating. I mean, phys- physics to me is what like opened my eyes uh, when I got into college, and it helped me understand the world. Right? I, I'm an atheist; I don't believe in God, so um, this was like the thing that I loved, and it explained so many things that I had questions about. So, um, but then I switched to computer science, finished my master's in that because I felt like computer science is something I can get a job in right now. Um, Funnily enough, of course, I don't get a, I don't end up doing a career in science. <laughs> Lance, he posted this about uh, kind of the concept of the universe of is right. everything that 
has and ever will exist has already been existed meaning you know if you condense it down to the big bang the beginning of time that little period held everything that's here right now and ever will exist in the future is that is that correct in, in saying something like that or yeah that, that, i mean the, the the idea that the universe was um just a a singular point um, and that it exploded into what is now the universe and that it's still expanding. Yeah, uh, I think the conversation that was happening there was, Lance was asking, what's, is there an edge to yeah. the universe? And, you know, where, where is it? How do we know it exists? And um, I jumped in because I was like, it's not, it's, he was thinking about it wrong. Um, and it's not his fault because it's, it's hard to really think about it yeah. But that you have to think that we are, and this sounds weird, that we're standing on the surface of a four-dimensional ball mm -hmm. or surface. Um, <clears throat> no, we're on the surface of a four-dimensional yeah, sphere. Yeah. So in the same way that um, if an ant was standing on uh, the surface of a three-dimensional ball, right, yeah. It has no idea it's on a ball, right? To him, who can't leave the surface, it's just a a plane, right? That goes off in all directions. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like us right now on Earth, right? Like, we know it's a sphere, but where we're at right now, it just looks flat for the most part. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, imagine that you couldn't actually go up off the, you know, um, we were maybe a little dumber than... Uh, uh, as like ants, but, um, but yeah, so the universe is four dimensional. Um, I mean, you, of course there's other theories that say there's even more dimensions, but if we talk about three dimensions and the fourth being temporal, um, it's a four dimensional space, yeah. um, that we can experience, but our minds can't grasp all of that. Um, so you have to imagine that, um, what expanded from the, the, the Big Bang is a four-dimensional expansion mm -hmm. um, and that we're living in it but only able to experience um, it as if we're on the surface of a three-dimensional sphere. That's kind of the idea. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I was with Johnny in Denver. Uh, Johnny Briones, good friend of ours. And we were having that discussion as well. Um, but for me, what always got me was, you know, what is it? Exp I know that, you know, the, the concept of the edge. So there is kind of no edge because if you're looking at it as a four-dimensional sphere or whatnot. Um, but if if it's, if it's there's no edge, though, and, and we know that it is expanding or everything around us, it's, it's pushing away from us, right? It, yeah. Um, from what I've read. But what is that growing into? Is that still considered the universe or is that just emptiness that we're like growing into yeah i mean in my head uh from what i understand is that there's no point in thinking of what's outside of it because the universe is it <laughs> period I mean, yeah uh hmm. that's that's how i understand it um i mean it wouldn't make much sense to say that the universe is growing in some inside something because then when we say universe it means basically the whole everything everything right so if that's not everything then that's not the universe so the then <laughs> <laughs> it's not scientific, you know? 
So then it's is so universe is the emptiness and the matter itself, right? Like what we can actually see or the the photons that we can see that have been, um, you know, being sent back to us billion billions of years ago from the beginning of time. Those photons that we're barely receiving now, um, that's matter or particles. But then it's also what's what what we're expanding into. That's also a part of the universe. So all of that is the universe itself. Is what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is we're not expanding into anything. It just is expanding. <laughs> Got it. I mean, look, I, I I don't have the answers. I'm not God, yeah, 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 yeah. like a perfect physicist, but from what I always understood is that, um, and then it's the same concept as, you know, believing in God or not. It's like you can't explain it, right? Mm -hmm. At some level, because it's beyond our comprehension. Mm -hmm. um, at least for the moment, maybe we'll figure it out at some point. But maybe there are just some things that we can't ever explain. Um, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Um, I haven't had a conversation like this in a long time. <laughs> That's good, though. See? Me either. That's why I brought you on today. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Even if we're, you know, kind of going back and forth on on these ideas i mean that's that's i guess that's a point so but so it's not expanding into anything i'm gonna stick with this one more time and then i'll move on <laughs> so it's not expanding into anything but we do know that things are pushing apart from each other is that correct sure. yeah yeah um but that's not expansion no it is right things are getting further away um because of the i guess the the, the big bang still people things are growing away but um yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you think that there are <laughs> multiverses there's are other universes out there because that there's a theory out there as well like this is our universe but then they're saying right. that even like if you go we don't know what's in a black hole or the theory of a black hole um but if you go into a black hole that you um you end up on in a completely different universe. That's like one of the theories that I've read or studied right. on. Um, do you, have you ever looked into that at all? And, and if so, do you believe that there are other universes out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's also theories that you go through a wormhole, you come out another side of the of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. This is all like the, my, one of my favorite movies slash books is Contact, right? You ever seen that? I haven't. No. From 1996 with uh, <laughs> Jodie Foster. She travels across the universe in a, um, an alien sends down an alien civilization sends down blueprints to build a, uh, a spaceship that takes her through a wormhole um, to another side of the universe. It's, it, I love it. It's kind of like a, well, Interstellar. It sounds very similar to Interstellar in the sense. Yeah, that yeah, it's a like wormhole. a '90s version of Interstellar. <laughs> um, but what was I going to say? Alternate universes. I personally like the thought of them. I think it's kind of interesting and i love thinking about time travel and weird stuff like that mm -hmm. one of the best examples that's come up for me in the past few years is like i, I forget the name of it but are you familiar with the bernstein bernstein bears yeah man oh he i've is, seen that I've, yeah yeah i think i know what you're gonna go into right now. so how do you spell that b-e-r-n burn s-t-e-i-n something like that Right, so me, along with everybody I've ever friggin' asked, and everybody who remembers the Berenstein Bears, remembers it as the Berenstein Bears. S-T-E-I-N, right? Yeah, S-T-E-I-N. Uh, 
like the typical maybe Jewish version of that name you'd ever read, right? Mm -hmm. um, these bears, the, the, the family, I had all their books, right? Yeah. But then if you look it up, go and look up Berenstein Bears. It's Berenstain Bears <laughs> with AI. AI. It's and that, to me, that thought is so like wrong. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. And for everybody out there, they can't believe it either. Um, <clears throat> and why is that? I mean, there's some people that are explaining that it's just like a collective mismemorization of that information for whatever reason. But other people argue that it's just um, an alternate universe. Something has been changed. Maybe someone time traveled, changed something, and this is all what happens. All of us freak out because something's changed. Yeah. Uh, there's another one that came around. I don't know if you heard this one. Similar kind of um, situation, but with um, Sinbad. You remember Sinbad? Sinbad. The, the comedian. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So people swear that he was in a movie about a genie called Shazam. I, I, I picture that. Yes, he was. Okay. That movie doesn't exist. If you look anywhere, it doesn't exist. And on IMDb, um, uh, what's his name? Sinbad has never been in a movie of that name. He was in that movie. I remember that. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you. Uh, so I can picture like... him in the genie thing. <laughs> yes, it's a visual memory. What the hell? What do you but mean? then people are like, well, maybe you're confusing it with the Shaq movie, Kazan. No. Yeah, no. No, that's a different movie. Yeah. So, or there was a movie called Sinbad uh, about, like, not a genie, but a guy who was wearing kind of a turban. But it wasn't Sinbad, the actor. Anyways, the point is, is, like, people think that somebody changed something in time. Or there's an alternate universe and it got flipped somewhere. And we all saw this movie, but now the universe acts like it never happens, you know? That's crazy. Um <laughs> Anyways, those two instances just blow my mind. There's some articles if you Google it about yeah. that phenomenon. It's funny. I had seen the first one, the Bernstein Bears. My sister, she sends me these. She's uh, 17, so she's in that age where you know she's getting into conspiracy theories and all these different things. And that's one of them. She sends me articles. I'm like, no, you know, don't listen to any of that. But uh, but then I'm like, I'm telling her just to calm her down. Uh, but then I'm researching it. I'm like, wait, what the heck? What's all the No, I do remember this way. It was S-T-I-N or E-I-N. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know about the Sinbad one. So what do you think is, if, if let's say, let's say that did, that both of those were the way that we thought they were and then somehow something happened and it changed it. What do you think was that external thing that ended up changing it? Was it like a tra time travel where somebody came from the future and somehow changed it and then it caused a ripple effect um or what do you what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean that, that i like that one that's always what i've been hoping would happen but i saw someone my best one of my good climbing friends posted after trump became president uh he goes his facebook post was well i guess that proves that time travel doesn't exist <laughs> someone would have fucking came and stopped that from happening yeah, but they yeah. did um Although, who knows, maybe it'll turn out to be the best mistake we've ever had, um, and we learn a lot from this horrible mistake. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think deep down within me, I'm, I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just fantasy, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so many people just fantasize this. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I, <laughs> I like to think that... Even because, as you said, you know, one of the dimensions is time and interstellarly, right. 
they uh, they kind of dissected this a little bit. Uh, yeah. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah, it's a great movie. For those of you that haven't seen it, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have Matthew McConaughey. He towards the end when he goes into the black hole, he's seeing the tesseract or the another right. dimension that the being right. built for him to be able to see everything as we would see it right now. Um, so he's seen everything that has happened in a certain period of time, but he's seen all the different events that could happen during that time, right? right. Um, I don't know, and th this is like one of the things in quantum physics when I first started going to it, like everything that can happen will happen and has happened already, and it's essentially up to us to decide which path we end up going into, um, meaning if I decided you know, when I was still in school that I wanted to be a doctor while I was, I'm already a doctor in one of these universes or dimensions or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm also a homeless person, um, you know? So these, both of these realities are real and they've occurred and they can occur because they have occurred. So it's up to me, you know, the choices that I make, Tony Robbins has a that famous line. Um, it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. So it's like, what decisions are you making every day to move you towards either being a homeless or being a doctor or being a memory guy or, you know, running into are, you and meeting. Are you a memory champion in one of these universes? <laughs> uh, hopefully. I you, think so. you are a memory champion. I know you're a memory uh, master champion. Um, not, oh, I, I am. I visualize yeah. this. So I have become that. Now I have to bring it into reality, I guess, or this current state of reality. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's universe. What do you think about, you know, about that? Do you think that we have like everything that has happened will happen can happen you know and and it's essentially just up to us to decide where to go or is it just all luck meaning you know uh, we're just rolling the dice as we go along uh, our day to days yeah it's, it's kind of one of those thought exercises that makes you feel kind of weird and funny inside right because on the one hand if you don't believe what you're saying then you're basically saying that your life events are fixed right yeah um which I have a hard time believing in that. Um, but I also have a hard time believing that there's like every single possible version of the universe for every one of us, you know, where instead of this pen, I'm holding a blue pen. And instead of a blue pen, so we've got a shaved face, you know, like yeah. all these micro adjustments um, and also huge adjustments that like I'm a midget or I have orange hair, which I guess I have orange hair, but. <laughs> Um, you have a full set of hair, you know, hey. <laughs> right? So, um, but it, it's, it, it does make me question. And I think about that a lot, you know, these what if moments, right. Mm -hmm. That like could have changed on a, on a moment, right? Like a, a different thought or a different feeling. If a sunlight had, a, had gone through and I might've felt a little more, you know, happiness or, or, or comfort in that moment, I might have said some, yes instead of no or no instead of yes. And then that could have changed my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if my grandma had lived maybe another month, maybe I would have never been a memory champion, right? Mm -hmm. um, who knows? I, I, I maybe would have still been inspired, but maybe that month would have, you know, I would have started school and maybe I wouldn't have had the same t uh, time to become as inspired. Um, I missed the deadline for the championship. Who knows? Um, but it's I, I definitely love, these are great thought exercises. I think at the very base of them because you can. It's just, it's just good for 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 goal planning and, and imagining where you want to be in life. You know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right. 
Good. Basically, I skirted around the question, yeah. and I've been saying I have no freaking idea. So. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, I don't know. I like to think. I don't. It's yeah. It's a thought experiment. I mean, Albert Einstein was famous for doing a lot of thought experiments. Yeah, so this is, I guess one of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And all right, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up here. I know it's getting late. I think it's already midnight where you're at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you got a competition coming up. Uh, in North and in North Korea, <laughs> South Korea, yeah, in South Korea, uh, another I version of you. I probably won't be led back in the country. <laughs> in South Korea, so can we go to? We can't go to North Korea, right? If we wanted to, I don't go. know. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I've never looked into it. Uh, I would assume we could probably get in. I, I don't know now if we get into America so easily without a lot of question. Right. But anyway, that's not on my radar. Anyway. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not on yours. So you're going to South Korea uh, to go compete in an international memory competition. Um, <coughs> and and you got a few other things to do there. So I just want to you know wish you good luck on that, man. How do you think you're going to do? You. I'm excited. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I know Simon Reinhardt and Johannes Mahler will be there. So I'm at most going to get third place <laughs> at best. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I, I know. I think there's a lot of com competitors from uh, Asia and stuff around there. So there's a lot of good Chinese, Indian competitors. I don't even know who's uh, competing in, from Korea, but um, I don't know. It's good. I just haven't I haven't competed in a um, international style competition in a, in a while. So it'll be good to get that. I get excited. They're fun. <laughs> they are, man. Um, so cool, man. Good luck on that. Uh, and go Rocket represent USA. Probably. Thanks, um, bro. And thanks so much again for getting on. And for those of you still watching and listening, uh, make sure to go extremememorychallenge.com. Take the challenge, take the test, take the quiz. And then let me know, you know, if you guys have any questions about anything, science, space, um, and hopefully we can have Nelson back conspiracy on next theories. time. Conspiracy theories, anything like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, give me some talking points. I can <laughs> do a little bit of research and then talk my head off. <laughs> and uh, we can have him back so we can, you know, talk more about it. Cool. All right. Peace out. See you guys next time. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on.